This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. Uh, there are a couple sure signs of spring that take place in our uh, neck of the woods, uh, specific to this house that uh, that I live in. Uh, one is that we have a pair of ducks, mallard ducks, male and female, that show up every spring. They just stay hang out in our backyard or in the neighbor's yard, out in the alley, or they'll be up on the roof of our house. Uh, you know, they'll hang out around uh, this house. Uh, I don't know if it's the center point of where they hang out, uh, but it just seems like it might be. And and, and we saw them the uh, the day before the big storm came in a couple weeks ago. Uh, it was on a Friday morning. Amy spotted them. She took a picture of them and sent, sent the picture to me. And, oh, there you go. One of the uh, sure signs of spring is the these two ducks show up. I... I recall that, and I can't remember how many years it's been happening, but uh, there was one year where I think it was three of them. There was there was the uh, the the uh, the male and female, and another female was with them. I don't know if yeah the guy had himself a girlfriend or if it was one of their offspring. That's I don't know. I don't know what the the story of that one was, but uh, I do believe there were three one year. But usually. It's the two, they come in. The other sign of spring is that, uh, well, I'm thinking it's going to be a sign of spring. We'll see. But uh, uh, the cat no longer gets up on my lap in the morning. Uh, she used to get up on my lap. You know, I, I, Over the winter, when it was colder, uh, so we keep it kind of cool in the house. Some people would say we keep it cold in the house. It depends on your perspective. And in the mornings, I get up a lot earlier than I need to and see off the, my son and, and, and my wife as she takes them off to school. And then I get everything prepared for my day. And I usually have about an hour and 20 minutes and maybe an hour and a half, depending on how quickly I get things done. And I sit down and I listen to uh, Spotify, listen to music, put my, put my feet up. And the cat comes over and climbs up on my lap and and lays there with me as I take a little snooze, and that's that's what's been happening. Well, the last few days, she hasn't been hopping up on my lap, but I'm thinking that's another sign of spring. You know, she's not getting on our lap because she loves us, because she wants to show some affection and and be close to us. No, no, no. We're warm, and she wants to lay on something warm. Yeah, it's it's no different than laying in a nice sunny spot on the floor. It's just, she's not showing affection to the sun spot. She's not, yeah, she's not showing it love or cuddling with it. No, it's it's warm, so that's why she lays there. Oh, uh, well. <laughs> okay, uh, enough of that. Uh, time, uh, time for the unpleasantness. Yeah, I got one of them. It's spring, as I said, which, what else does spring mean? Spring means baseball. Baseball's back. And I haven't, I haven't talked about it much. I think I haven't talked about it yet this, this season. Uh, maybe I've mentioned it, but uh, 
I haven't said anything. And the Twins, we're hoping they do better than they did last year. Last year they did pretty well. They did manage to make it into the playoffs. Well, sort of. They they got in for a one-game playoff uh, between the other wild-card team, because the Twins made it in as a wild-card team. And the winner of that would continue on into the, uh, the postseason. And, of course, the uh, Twins played the hated Yankees and lost. And, oh, my lack of God. I don't know if I've mentioned this, but I hate the Yankees, okay? I hate them. I hate the Yankees. I I hate the Yankees. Have I mentioned that? Have I have I made that clear over the over the years I've done this show just how much I hate the New York Yankees? And I think that's the way it's supposed to be. I mean, if you're not a Yankees fan, if you don't live in New York and are a Yankees fan, or if you're one of those people that, that hey, I want to root for a winner, <laughs> uh, if you're one of them, uh, I mean, why am I loyal to the Minnesota Twins? Well, they're from Minnesota, I guess. I, I suppose I could be loyal to some other team. I, I suppose I'd easily be loyal to the Yankees, and I could say, well, I, you know, my team's a, you know, has a history of being champions, you know. And <clears throat> but no, no, <laughs> it's more masochistic to be uh, a, a fan of a Minnesota sports team. It's, it's unless it's the Minnesota Lynx. Uh, it's more masochistic this way. But anyway. Uh, it's just everybody should hate the Yankees. I, I, really, they should. It's just that should be the natural state of things. They should hate the Yankees, and there's reasons. Uh, they've won enough. You guys have won enough, and I'll and and I I'll be covering some ground here. My little arg about this this situation. I'll be covering some ground that I've I've talked about in the past, but I'll try to keep it from from dwelling too much on stuff I've already talked about. But I I hate the Yankees because, in part, and this is something I discovered a few years ago, uh, it's the way the fans of the Yankees are, uh, and and I can I can boil it down to uh, the scientist Stephen Jay Gould and the 1960 World Series. Now I, this does sound familiar. I know I've talked about this before. So. Stephen Jay Gould has since died, died way too young, but he was a good scientist and a good science communicator, and from what I understand, a really good guy, and he was a baseball fan, so that's, you know, he likes baseball, he loves baseball, or he did, and that's great, but of course, his favorite team was the hated Yankees. Oh, how great for you. And especially, you see, he he lived in New York and grew up in New York, he was a kid there, right in one of those periods where the Yankees just was always winning. They were always winning. So, boy, it was so tough being a Yankees fan. But in 1960, the Yankees were in the World Series uh, against the Pittsburgh Pirates. And the way the series played out, when all seven games, the Pittsburgh Pirates were the National League team. National League had the advantage, that, that home field advantage that season. So, Game 7 took place in Pittsburgh. And if you don't know baseball, the home team gets the last at bat. Uh, if, the, if it goes into the ninth inning, the bottom of the ninth, the home team gets the last at bat, unless they're winning in, at the end of the top of the ninth inning. Then they don't need to play the bottom of the ninth. They don't. It's, they're, they're already winning. If they go into extra innings, they get the bottom of whatever extra inning it is. The home team still gets to play that bottom of the inning. Again, unless they've won at the top of the 10th and they, they have a they have more runs at the top of the 10th but you know they stick at the bottom now i don't know how that would happen because it wouldn't <laughs> in extra innings it wouldn't never mind i'm getting bogged down in details okay the that game 7 I mean, that year, the Yankees were a much better team than the Pittsburgh Pirates. Not that the Pittsburgh Pirates were a bad team. It's just that the National League that that year was probably not as strong a league as the American League. And so, you know, Pittsburgh didn't need to win as many games as the Yankees needed to win or something. It's just, just the Yankees were a better team. But the pesky Pirates managed to win. They got to that Game 7 
they, they, the, there was a, it was tied at nine runs apiece, I think at the bottom of the 10th, and Bill Mazeroski hit a home run. Now, Stephen Jay Gould says this. This is in 1990s. He says this in the Ken Burns baseball documentary. It came out in, in 93 or something like that. He says, even to this day, people know not to mention that home run, that Bill Mazeroski home run, because it'll upset him. And I think, that's it. That's the problem right there. That's the problem. That's why I hate the Yankees. I hate the Yankees because the fans figure, well, the Yankees are in the postseason. Just give them the trophy. That's what they figure. And I guess you can't blame the Yankees fan for fans for feeling that way because let's just say 1947. Let's start there. I mean, it would be a young Stephen Jay Gould, uh, young baseball fan at that point in 1947. Okay, let's start there and let's kind of look at how things go here. Okay, the Yankees. They won the World Series in 1947, 49, 1950, 51, 52, 53, 56, 58. They won the World Series in all those years. And they lost in 1960. And it wasn't like they were going to go on for a long time before they won another World Series. No, they won in 61 and 62. So 1960 was just a year that they didn't win the World Series. At that point, they had won something like 18 or 19 World Series since the World Series began. Uh, let's see. The Yankees had appeared, at that, uh, I think at that point, in 27 total World Series at that point. The Pittsburgh Pirates, on the other hand, they won the World Series in 1925 and then in 1960. That's quite a drought. And at the time, I think at the time, oh, let's see. No, wait a minute. Let's think that's right. Uh, let me get my numbers right. Oh, at the time, hang on. Let's go back. The Yankees, at the time of the World Series appearances, it was 25 in 1960. That was 20, their 25th. They've won 27 World Series. Let's get that right. At the time of the 1960 uh, World Series with the uh, uh, for the Pittsburgh Pirates, that was their fourth time in the World Series. They wouldn't win another World Series again until 1971. It would be 11 years. And they wouldn't win another one after that until 1979, and they haven't won one since. I mean that's the, I mean so it's that it's that attitude that, that that Stephen Jay Gould would say don't mention that home run to me because it'll upset me. Why? It, either, are you supposed to win every World Series? Can nobody else win a World Series? Can some other team win one once in a while? It's been since 2009 since the Yankees have won a World Series. Let's keep it that way. Let's let's keep it that way for another 100 years or so. Huh? Wouldn't that be great? But here's the other thing. Here's the other reason why I hate the Yankees. Any Minnesota Tim, uh, uh, Twins fan absolutely hates the New York Yankees. Because since 2002 at least, and probably longer, but since 2002, the New York Yankees have completely owned the Minnesota Twins. Completely owned them. It's, it's just, we just got done, the Twins did, uh, they just got done uh, uh, with a four-game series with the hated Yankees in New York, and they lost all four games. They lost the, four, the first one by a score of, I wrote them down, 14-1, to one. the second game by 8-3, to three. The third game, 7-4. to four. In that game, the Twins had the bases loaded at some point, and it was 4-6. to six. And the, the Twins had four runs. The Yankees, only, the Yankees had six. I mean, they had a chance, but they couldn't bring any more runs. And then the fourth game, oh, the one that was the way that's the Twins, they sit in the dugout and they say, okay, guys, how can we come up with another way to lose to the Yankees? How can we do it? They lost four to three. Now they were up three to one in the top of the ninth. Going into the bottom of the ninth, they were up three to one. Uh, Kirk Gibson, the starting pitcher for the Twins, had given up one hit. I don't know how many innings he pitched. He'd given up one hit and one run. So he must have somebody must have hit a home run off of him, uh, or whatever. I, I don't know exactly how the run came up, but gave up one hit, one run, and so the relief pitcher in the ninth. 
the guy that's supposed to close out the game, couldn't get an out. Now, there was some follow-up by our third baseman, Miguel Sano. He followed up, but he booted a play, which I think put a man on second. And then a guy, and then they, the Yankee ended up getting on first. So they had first and third, uh, first and second. Nobody out. Guy hits a home run. They win the game. And let me tell you something. I'm not psychic. Okay, I'm not psychic. I'm not going to say that I am. I don't believe anybody is psychic. I just, it's just, I was on Facebook and I was monitoring the game. I'm still going to the, the, the Major League Baseball site and I was watching the score. And they, they have a little thing where they show that. They show if there's a man on base and all that kind of stuff. And how many, how many, uh, what the pitch count is and how many outs there are. It shows all that stuff. So I'm watching this. Bottom of the ninth. I, I click over there and I'm, I'm looking. I, I refresh the page and I see man on second, nobody out. I took to Facebook at that point and I said, well, the Twins are about to lose again to the hated Yankees. Then the guy got on first base. Still nobody out, and then the then the home run, and the Yankees won. I called it. It's just, it's just, <laughs> it's so much. You know, I, I even said on Facebook, I said, you know, maybe the Twins ought to just uh, forfeit the next twenty years worth of games with the Yankees, because since two thousand two, they've pretty much just rolled over and played dead for these guys. I how bad is it? You're asking how bad? How bad? I'll tell you how bad. Since 2002, this is including the postseason losses. Oh, and by the way, four times, four of the five times that the Twins made it into the postseason since 2002, four of the five times it was the Yankees that knocked them out. Four of the five times it was the Yankees was the first team that the Twins were going to be facing in the in the in in going into the postseason. They were the, you know, because if you win that series, you go on to the, the to the series that uh, if you win that one, you go on to the World Series. Yeah, it, it, the first series, four times. Well, three of them were the series, and one of them was that uh, one game wild card playoff that was last season. Four times they meet the Yankees. Four times the Yankees boot them out. So what's their record since 2002 against the hated Yankees? Oh, it's just 33 and 93. <laughs> That's all. I mean, why don't we just just forfeit the rest of it? Because I mean, the Yankees look at their schedule and say, "Well, let's see. We got seven games against the Twins this season. Well, that's at least six wins there." Uh, or you know, and and then when they get to the postseason, oh, first uh, first opponents up are the Twins. Okay, let's prepare for the next series because we know we got it. There's no way they're going to beat us because we got them. I mean, I can't think. Of too many other teams, in fact, there might be just one, one other team that is so owned by another sports franchise team. There's just one. That's the Washington Generals. That's the team that plays the Harlem Globetrotters. It's ugh, it's enough to make me want to go take a break. <laughs> so, yes, baseball's back, and I love it, and I hope the Twins do better. They've, they've had a bit of a, a rough go. Uh, they've lost eight of their last nine games. They've lost seven in a row. Uh, it's it's uh, you know it's it's a, it's it makes you nervous. But the thing is, it's a long season. It's a long season. It's it's not over till it's over. And we'll see what happens. We're playing the Cincinnati Reds this weekend, and the Cincinnati Reds are not very good. The Twins should sweep. They'll probably only win one of the three. But what are you going to do? Uh, anyway, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Uh, I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfa Simmons. I'll return after this break. I'll be Hornswoggled. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. You don't say. Oh, what? You think you went off to college or something? On ztalkradio.com. That's the most amazing thing since Grandma survived the outhouse incident.
Your assignment is to listen to the buzz on Monday nights from 8 to 10 p.m. Central on ztalkradio.com. This message will self-destruct. Don't just take my word for it, but you are listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. A few years ago, Steve Faircow's lungs were failing. I don't think I had more than a couple weeks to live. That's when Steve received a lung transplant made possible by an organ donor. Now Steve can do things he never imagined, like climbing 94 floors to the top of a skyscraper. I never knew that breathing could feel this good. It's an incredible gift. What could you make possible as an organ, eye, and tissue donor? Leave behind the gift of life. Go to organdonor.gov, U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. ZDoc Radio is committed to bringing you the best radio possible. We will test your senses with innovative and entertaining radio programming. Honest, informative, inspirational, and on occasion, controversial. Our listening audience will also have the opportunity to interact with the show hosts and guests through live chat and call-in capabilities. You can't be left out of the loop. Tune into all our live shows once, and you'll never turn your computer off again. Z-Talk Radio on your computer dial. Your healthy addiction. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I said that at the top of the show. So, um, <clears throat> well, I suppose uh, it's that time of the show where I, uh, I do one of these. And now it's time for a Dimland Radio pedantic moment. Yeah, this ought to be good. Well, I hope so. Uh, okay, it's 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 actually uh, kind of a long segment here, and this is something that I've been attempting to do on the show for a few weeks now. It's just one of those segments that just gets pushed off because it's like, oh, I ain't got time. I got to talk about this other thing. I got to talk about that that one rock band from uh, from the the UK that I I really like, and I'm I'm trying not to talk about. Any, you know, for a while. Uh, oh, oh, but I should mention, and I, without saying who it is, and the per- particular band member in there who had somebody that uh, does a, uh, a uh, there's a voiceover young person who uh, mispronounced the name of a certain rock genius. Uh, I will say that I saw a, a another. Uh, uh, it's watchmojo.com. So another one of their their lists, and uh, that's that particular band and that particular rock genius uh, were featured again in another list. And this time, that same young fellow who mispronounced the name got it right. So hey, you know, he can learn. Anyway, uh, I was going to get into this. For a while now, and now I'm finally getting there because uh, I have, uh, well, it's a sign, sign everywhere, a sign blocking out the scenery, breaking my mind. Do this, don't do that. Can't you read the sign? Yes, there were lots of signs carried about a month ago during the the uh, March for Our Lives event that took place across the United States. And, you know, thousands of people gathered all over the United States uh, and, and march to some particular area, maybe their state capital or wherever they were marching to, in order to, you know, to protest the, the level of gun, gun violence in the country, to, to, uh, uh, to redress a grievance with our government in that they feel that the government should be doing something uh, to curtail the, the, the gun violence in this country and, and uh, you know, maybe... Maybe, and this is something that I, I find at least 
encouraging in that people are being intellectually honest when they say it's time to repeal the Second Amendment, instead of constantly saying we need more gun laws. Because you know the counter-argument to the, we need more gun laws. You make another gun law, then the people who do these terrible things will just break another law. It's not, 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 it isn't necessarily going to stop them. I, I, but I want to say this before I get too deep into this, that I, by and large, I'm on the side of the people that don't want school shootings to happen. Of course I am, and I don't want shootings happening at, at where people work or in public, anywhere. I don't want them happening. I'm, I'm on their side. I would like to see less gun violence in the, in, in, in the world and in this country, absolutely. Uh, whether I agree with the, how this, how that can be achieved, whether I, I don't know exactly how it can be achieved, I, you know, I, there's where the, the details lie, but we're on the same side. Okay, so when I, so when I, when I give a hard time to some of these people who carried some of these signs that I've seen, uh, it's just bear in mind that, that, uh, you know, I'm 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 against the gun violence too. Okay, I mean, who wouldn't be? I mean, everybody is. You know, even crazy Ted Nugent is against the gun violence. I think he is, anyway. <laughs> you know, I'm just gonna sidetrack here for a little bit. I've been watching uh, old episodes of Penn and Teller's bullshit, or Penn and Teller bullshit, um, and <clears throat> uh, as as much as it. Uh, I don't want to get too down on, on Penn for his turn to veganism, but he has become the living embodiment of the joke, how do you know someone's vegan? Don't worry, they'll tell you. He's become that. And and I, he, it's his show, he can talk about what he wants, and, uh, and, he, and he doesn't fill the show entirely with his veganism. He doesn't do that. But you know, it's like it's it's like I, when it first when he first started talking about it, it was a lot more. I said, I get it. You're in love. You want the world to know. But let's let's kind of move on. I said, I'd rather hear you talk about you know, pop culture and politics of the day and your views on these on, on society and and those kinds of things. I I don't listen to your show to get dieting advice. That's not why I've listened to it. But it, it's it's his show. Talk about what he wants and. And he's and he's, he hasn't been terrible about it. And uh, but I, one of the more recent episodes, he's talking, he's interviewing a friend of his, and and he's just really getting on his friend about eating meat. No, no meat, no meat, no meat. He's just doing stuff like that. And, and I'm like, I, what? It's it. And I, I, if you're familiar with the series bullshit. And I was just watching one today of what they did about uh, about PETA. Now this is back where it was fat pen eating meat pen, and and all that. And I'm watching him, and I'm thinking, wow. Well, I wonder if Penn would if he rewatched this now, now that he's Mr. Vegan, uh, if he'd watch this now and think how he would react to seeing himself talking about these things and making the points that they make in these shows. Uh, I wonder how he would feel. And there's an other, there's another episode where they it's about food, and it's the it's I can't remember exactly which one it is uh, what it's called, but it's they do a couple shows one about I think one about food and one about dieting and uh, I, and anyway this one particular show was where I found out about the man Norman Burlog. He was a uh, Norman Borlog Borlog. Uh, he was a scientist who saved the lives of of a billion people. By, by working with genetically modified foods, by by creating these 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 grains and you know corn and rice and wheat and whatever that that would grow in certain areas of the world that and and have greater yield, so as to feed more people, and he saved a lot of lives, and it's uh, Penn and Teller have, have called him the greatest human being ever to live. And, and so that was the show that I learned about him. And on that same show were a bunch of people that are calling GMO you know, at the time. This is how far back it goes. They were, it was GE food, genetically engineered food. And the GMO part didn't come up yet. Now, it's, now we've all adopted the GMO stuff. And they were calling it Frankenfood. And they have all these you know, people that are well-fed <laughs> talking about what other people who are starving around the world, what they can't eat. You can't eat that. You know, it's, that's great. Your your stomach's full. 
but great. Good for you to tell other people what they can't eat. Yeah, it's, 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 that's really great. And that's a point that they made on the show. And there's a group uh, that they talked about that are all about eating the raw food, the raw vegetables and raw – it's no meat, you know, but raw fruit and vegetables and grains and that kind of stuff. And they're, they're talking about that. And they're living in some oceanfront property. Uh, I, th- I think in Venice, California, and they're they're just they're all skinny, and, and I hope they're getting the nutrition they need. But uh, you know, th- and they're it, and and they're getting the 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 the, the shit uh, the, the 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 fun poked out of them. I mean, they're just take they're getting the piss taken out of them by Penn and Teller. Well, by Penn Teller doesn't talk. He just you know what he does. Anyway, and I thought, wow, you know, Penn. You're you're not quite there, but you're close. I mean, he's getting on his friend who's you know he lived in France for a while and he would eat a baguette in the morning with butter and pencil. No, no baguettes, no butter, no. Ba-, you know, he's like that. And I thought, I thought, you know, I understand that uh, lately, people in Europe have begun have begun to catch up with the America with the obesity problem. It's, I guess from my understanding is that's that there is stuff starting to happen there, but for the longest time. You know, for French people, they, they by and large, they were you know, thin, and they, you know it was fine for ba- for French people to eat baguettes with butter. It's 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 abundance of food. It's the amount of food. How much are you eating? You're eating too much. You know, that's 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 what that's what happens. It's too many calories in, not enough out. You know, when you're just talking calories, just straight talking calories. Not talking about nutritional value, minerals, vitamins, that kind of stuff. Not talking about any of that. If we're just talking straight calories 500 calories of broccoli is the same as 500 calories of donut it's the same it's just calories it's 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 not it's it's if, if your body doesn't tell the difference other than you're not getting whatever nutrients you would get from the broccoli you're not getting that from the donut it's just you need that that's what you're not getting but if you're just talking calories it's it's the same thing it's it's the same it's just energy. It's just that's that's you know the stuff that you burn through to give you energy to do what you got to do in in your day. So anyway, I listen to those raw people, raw food eating people, vegetable people, and I think you know, Penn, you're not that far away. And then Penn's you know he's screaming about no meat, and you know I'm no nutrition expert, but stuff I've learned is that uh, humans adapt to what food is available. I mean, I, you wouldn't. You, I, I would challenge Penn to go tell some Inuits who live on mostly meat uh, through a good portion of the year to say, no, 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 you got to eat, you got to eat grains and fruits and vegetables. Uh, well, Penn, they're not around up here, and they've adapted to eating a mostly meat diet. And then there are parts of the world where people eat mostly fish, and there are parts of the world where people eat mostly plants, and you know they adapt to it. Now, we we have abundant food, so we should be able to eat a little meat here and mostly plants. I mean, that's that's the advice I get from uh, Read Skeptic magazine. They talk about you know diet advice: eat less, mostly plants, and exercise. That's that's it. There isn't any great secret to it. Now. Some people it's going to be harder to lose weight than others. Other people it's easier for them. I I you know but. Eat less, mostly plants, and exercise. That makes the most sense to me. Now, they could be wrong. I could be wrong. But it's just listening to Penn get there, it just starts to make me think, I wish he'd watch this again, watch those raw food people and think, "Uh, am I getting like them? He's, but otherwise, no. He's really great, and his show is very entertaining, and I like it, and I, I like him, and I, you know, I, I just, I just fast forward. As soon as he starts talking diet on his show, which again, it's not all show long, every show, but there's a little bit, and just fast forward through it, and everybody's happy. See. Okay, all right, what was I going to talk about? Oh, yeah, these signs. <laughs> uh, the signs that I've been seeing uh, uh, showing up on social media. Uh, I've got five I'm going to talk about here. Three of them are dumb. Three of them are just straight up dumb. They're dumb, dumb, dumb. One of them is historically misinterpreting things, maybe? Mis- historically misinformed? I, but I'll get to it. And one of them is pretty good. So I'll start with the three dumb ones 
first. Okay, and, and what makes these dumb signs even dumber is that the person who made the sign thought they were being profound, thought they found some clever way to get a message across. And actually, the message they got across was, I really didn't think about this uh, 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 very deeply. Okay, okay. the first one, it's a sign, and, and these all appear to be real signs. This is not a face, you know, you behold, you have the pictures of people holding up a, a placard uh, that had some message written on it, and then somebody with Photoshop comes in, washes out the old message, and puts something new on there. You know, uh, you know like there's the picture of... Uh, Ann Coulter, and she's holding up some sign, and she's got this sad face, and she's poking fun at people. She's being satirical toward the, the people who hold up these signs. And somebody washes out and says, you know, somebody kicked me in the penis, or whatever. And <clears throat> I think that's something I saw. And I, anyway, so uh, here's the one sign. First one, number one. Uh, it was This was written on a piece of poster board, and it says, or read, it was harder to buy this poster board than an AR-15. Something is wrong. Y yes, something's wrong. Were you trying to buy poster board at a sporting goods store? See, if you'd gone to, let's say, Michael's, you know, Michael's Hobbies and Crafts, or how about uh, Hobby Lobby, or maybe Dick Blick's Art Materials, uh, Walgreens, Target, you know, even, even Walmart, you know, Walmart until uh, uh, since 2015. None of the, you know what you can't buy at any of those places? An AR-15. It'll be impossible to buy an AR-15 at any of those places. But you can buy poster board. But if you're going to Dick's Sporting Goods, which now doesn't sell the AR-15s anymore, but if you're going there f looking for poster board, uh, well, you, you might find it, but I don't think so. So if you're going to some gun range that has a gun shop in there, not I don't think they're going to be selling poster board. If you're going to some gun show to get through the gun show loophole to get a gun, uh, you're not going to get poster board. You see what I mean? So yes, you're something wrong there. Your sign is dumb. Put it away. Don't use it again. It's not clever. You, you're not being profound. You're just, well, you're being profoundly dumb. Here's another one. This other sign. <clears throat> this one reads, In the USA, it is illegal to hunt geese with more than three shells in a shotgun. It is also illegal to hunt migratory birds with a machine gun. Geese have more protection under U.S. law than school children. Hashtag never again. I saw that on Facebook and I posted under there, um, I'm pretty sure it's illegal to hunt school children. I th it's illegal to hunt school children. Now, if you mean if you're using the word hunt, not play hide and seek, because that's sort of hunting kids. You know, if you're playing hide and seek with kids, you're sort of hunting them, aren't you? But no, if you're if you're using hunt in the way you know, that this person is using the word hunt to mean hunting for geese and these migratory birds. It means you're you're going out to kill them. So it's illegal to hunt chil school children. It's illegal to hunt them with a shotgun, no matter how many shells you've got in it. Even if you don't have any shells in it, it's illegal to hunt kids with a shotgun or a machine gun or a machete or a baseball bat or your bare hands. It's illegal. It's already illegal. This sign is dumb. This is dumb. You're not profound. You haven't made some great point here. You've just shown everybody, look at me, I'm dumb. Put the sign away. Now, lest you thought or think that all I'm going to do is rip on the people on that side of the argument, I saw this doozy. <gasps> Another wordy sign. Uh, the sign reads, I find it sickening that 64,000 sons and daughters were murdered by heroin dealers in 2017. No source for the uh, numbers, but okay, let's just go with it. It continues, and here we are again listening to our legislators argue about what rights to take away from law-abiding gun owners. At this point, it's really simple. Ban the sale of heroin if you, if you truly want to save sons and daughters from a life of suffering and death. 
being a heroin dealer is not a constitutional right. Oh my God, that's the most stupid one of the three. Uh, um, sir, there's the fellow there leaning against the sign. Sir, uh, sir, um, I think I should point out to you that uh, uh, it's not a constitutional right to deal heroin. Heroin is illegal. Uh, it is banned. <laughs> uh, so, um, and also, when you write sons and daughters, you don't use an apostrophe. The way you're using it in that sentence, it doesn't need the apostrophe. Well, that's another thing. The apostrophe-itis that people have, they don't know when to use an apostrophe, when not to use an apostrophe. They don't know where to put the apostrophe. If it, you're talking about one son and something he owns, it's apostrophe S. If you're talking about two sons and something they own, it's S apostrophe. If you're talking two sons or multiple sons, but they don't own anything, you're just talking about a number of them, it's just the S. You don't need the apostrophe. He didn't use an apostrophe after gun owners. He didn't use apostrophe after legislators. What's it doing there in the sons and daughters? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But this sign, it's already, it's, it's, it's already illegal. Your sign worked. Congratulations. It worked. <sighs> okay, okay. Uh, <clears throat> worked up a little bit there. I have two other signs to go through, and I'll get to them when I come back from this break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. David Simmons. I'll return. <laughs> Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. When, oh when, will someone design an exploding head emoticon? Please, someone, anyone. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. Warmer weather in Minnesota means deer ticks are now feeding in a wooded area near you. Fight the bite. To avoid Lyme and other diseases from deer ticks, use tick repellent. This message from the Minnesota Department of Health. Station identification. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Operating frequency on ztalkradio.com. And welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Simmons. I'm in the middle of a long, pedantic moment uh, dealing with signs, uh, placards carried in the, the March for Our Lives event that took place about a month ago. Finally got to this. I mean, I have notes and everything written. I've got the pictures of the signs in front of me. Now this one, I guess as I this one I'm going to get to. I mean, I just did the three that are dumb. They're just dumb. I think you agree with me. Those were dumb. You know, they just they miss the mark. They're not profound. They're not clever. They're just dumb. And uh, this one though, I was saying that it was historically misinformed. And at first I was thinking that the, the, the person who made the sign and is holding it is the one that's historically misinformed. But then I did some research on it, 
listened to some other people talk about it and read some stuff on it, and I uh, thought, hmm, maybe I'm the one who's historically misinformed. At least, or maybe there's a combination of the two of us. Are just it's not it's because it's complicated. Things are complicated. It's never just quite as easy. Well, not usually just quite as simple as black and white and cut and dried and that kind of thing. It's things are complicated, and the sign that uh, a young fellow is holding. Now he's an African American fellow, and uh, he's he's young and he's holding a sign that reads, "The Second Amendment was written when I was deemed three fifths." of a person. And uh, this this refers to the three-fifths compromise, which took which was something one of the uh, one of the first thing first compromises, big compromises that took place when the Constitution was being put together. Uh, there was the Articles of Confederation that was uh, the 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 Operator's manual for our country uh, for the first since the since the revolution they came up with these articles of confederation uh, but they they just didn't have uh, didn't have enough power to them they didn't give the government what it needed to govern properly and it wasn't quite working so the constitutional congress got together and said let's hammer out a constitution something that will replace the Articles of Confederation. We'll keep what works there, but we need to expand. We need to give government some some teeth. We need to give it some power in, in order to be able to effectively govern this nation. And uh, I mean, and that and that involves the Federalists and the Anti-Federalists. The, the Federalists were the ones that wanted a strong federal government, and the Anti-Federalists didn't want a strong federal government. They just wanted states to have things. So the, the, one of the first compromises was that, uh, well, I guess we'll have a Federalist government, but we'll, we'll have, the way we'll work out our representation will be, each state will have two senators uh, and uh, and then and then but they'll have another they'll be the they'll have two houses of Congress it'll be a, a Senate and a House of Representatives so each state will have two senators and then the number of representatives that each state will have will be determined on the population now this started to set up the complications with what do we do about slaves uh, what do we do? How, how do we count them? Because there was two things that was being figured out by by counting the population. Uh, they 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 set it up that every ten years a census would be taken to to figure out how many people there are in the country and where the population centers are and how many people are in each state and and what that would determine would be uh, at what level a state got representation within the federal government and also at what level that state would be taxed. So the slave-owning states, mainly the southern states, the northern states didn't have, there was some slave ownership in the, in the northern states, but a lot of them were beginning to ban slavery as it was uh, and were, um, were becoming traditionally non-slave, but the south, slave-holding states. So the slaveholders, they wanted it two ways. They said, look, we don't want you to count our slaves when you're trying to figure out how much money we're going to pay. But we do want you to count our slaves when you're figuring out how much representation we get in government. That way, we can protect ourselves to continue to have as many slaves as we want. Uh, we'll have more representation in government. Now, as I was looking at, and I think I'm still right here, but the abolitionist idea, the non-slave idea, the let's end slavery idea was, look, you 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 want them counted as property when it comes to how much money you're going to pay fine but you can't have them then counted as people when you're looking for representation and in fact you shouldn't count them as people we we shouldn't be counting them as people because then you'll get more representation in the federal government and you'll have more power to keep slavery going and we want it to end so we should count them as zero but you know the south wasn't going to put up with that and so they worked on this compromise. And the compromise was, well, how about maybe we go, we count them as a half? How about uh, uh, as, a, you know, three quarters or something? And it came up to three-fifths. 
Everybody agreed with three-fifths. So the South got more representation than they would have if they counted them as zero, but not as much if they had counted them as a single person. Uh, you know, each each slave individually. And so if I, so what I was thinking when I looked at this, originally I was thinking this, that this, this young fellow, I said, well, I think if you were there at the time, and I think this might still be true, if the slaves were explained to them, okay, here's, this is what we're doing, and they said, look, we, we don't want, you know, if, if, a, if an abolitionist sat down with a slave and said, look, we don't want to count you as, as people when we're doing the census. When, while you're in the, the institution of slavery, while you are being uh, held as a slave, we don't want to count you as people because if we do, it, it, the, the, your slave owners will have more power in government and we want them to have less power in government so we can get you out of slavery. You know, if we count you as a person, well then, you know, it's 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 it might be harder for us to free you. And 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 I would think that the slaves would say, "Well, oh, okay, I guess we want to be counted as zero. But would that really work? I mean, I mean, would that be really a good thing? On the on the one hand, it is an anti-slavery measure. But on the other hand, and this is the things I was looking at the more arguments, more of a philosophical, more of a moral kind of an argument, that maybe so. It would be an anti-slavery kind of thing, maybe so. But the idea of counting a person as not a full person, as a three-fifths person, and to enshrine that within the Constitution, within our law, to put that language in there, even though they don't say slaves. And this is, this is what it says in the Constitution uh, when it comes to doing a census. It says a population... Uh, the census will be, uh, it says, uh, the population which shall be determined by adding to the whole number of free persons, including those uh, bound to service for a term of years, those are indentured servants, they will be, they, they'll be included in with the free people. And excluding Indians not taxed, those would be, you know, I, I guess you know uh, the Native American folks that uh, aren't on, on the tax rolls, so they don't be, they're not counted in with the population. And three fifths of all other persons. That's referring to slaves. They don't say slaves. Is that's who that's who's left? It's, you know, if you if you discount the Indians that don't pay taxes, and if you discount and if you're including the the indentured servants in with all the free people. Who you got left? You got the slaves left. But they don't say slaves in the Constitution. But what is there is the three-fifths of all their people, which is essentially saying that the slaves, largely African-Americans, are not full people. Our government, it's there. And, and there's a crash course video on YouTube that I, I learned some of this from, and I was thinking, huh, you know, hmm, maybe I'm not quite right either. Uh, and what they said in there says, what this also did was enshrine the idea that slaves who were mostly black were worth less than free people, and it in, uh, and it embedded slavery into the Constitution. So yes, the measure was anti-slavery, essentially, but morally, it was setting up a situation in which people would be, you know, under under our laws. Uh, under the law of the land, would be considered not full people. And that in itself is very damaging. And it's, it's probably part of what we're still dealing with today. So, um, uh, I said I did, so I, so I think, I started out thinking, you know, maybe, maybe this kid is, this, this person made the sign, assuming the boy, uh, the, the young fellow who was holding the sign, assuming he made it, um, you know, he's historically misinformed. And actually, it might be me. So, or, it, it's it, like I said when I started talking about this a little bit, it's complicated. But there is one good sign. There's one good sign. One sign that I thought, this is good. Whether it's accurate or not, it doesn't matter. It's good because it's effective. And it's a sign that is riddled with bullet holes. It's got all kinds of bullet holes on there. And the sign reads... The number of bullet holes in this poster are the number that can be shot in the time it takes to read it. Now, that's effective. That's like that's good ad copy. 
that's effective. Now, I looked up how many bullets can be fired by AR-15s and assault rifles and that, and I the range is astounding what I found. It goes from 45, uh, uh, 45 rounds a minute up to 800. <laughs> and I thought, it's like, what? Uh, it took me five to six seconds to read that. Uh, I, I timed it out. I was reading. It took me that about that long to read it, and um, it, it, it's if it's if it works out, it's you know forty five would be at uh, forty five bullet holes. Uh, it, it it's be about four point if 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 it took five seconds to read it or six seconds to read it, there would be. If the gun shoots 45 a minute, there would be 4.5 bullet holes in there, maybe five bullet holes in it, not the uh, the 40 bullet holes or 39 bullet holes that counted. That's something like that. So it's you know it's but if it's if it's uh, 800 rounds a minute, there would be 80 bullet holes in the thing. So they must have gone with the middle range. The, uh, the 400 bullets per minute, which would make 40 bullet holes in there. And uh, uh, so it's, whether they got it right or not, as far as how many bullets are fired, it's an effective sign. I, I thought that was good. That one was a good job on that one. So finally, finally I got through that uh, line uh, that write-up uh, deal. Okay, I got three cool things for the week. I got to get through these quick before I run out of time. Uh, the first, first cool thing is I spotted a picture of Devil's Tower. That's that monument over there in Wyoming, the really cool structure, that volcanic rock structure that, that juts up from the ground and has all these crags. Uh, you know, the, 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 looks like it was all scratched up by a giant bear. I think that was the uh, uh, Native American legend about it. Uh, it's, far, it's featured prominently in the film Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Uh, there's a picture of it taken from a bird's eye view, from up above, looking at the top of it and looking down one of the faces of the of the monument. And up on top, you can see little bits of uh, like bushes or shrubs or something are up on top there. It's 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 a cool picture. It's a cool view. You know, I haven't seen that view very often, so I think it's pretty cool. I'll put it on the show notes page, which are going to be at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option. Uh, number two is the there's an animated uh, uh, view from the um, the Rosetta mission that was that that landed on a on a on a comet, I think it is, or yeah, I think it's it landed on a comet or asteroid or something. As it's moving around, I'll find the details more and I'll get it into the show notes. Uh, and it, they, there's a series of pictures that were taken and they put them together in an animation. They made a GIF of it or a GIF, depending on how you want to say it. I mean, it should be GIF because you know, you know. I mean. You wouldn't say giant, would you? Oh, wait a minute. Yes, you would. Okay. It's a really cool picture. It's a really cool animation. It shows stars and dust and cosmic rays going and the thing moving around. It's, it's really cool. Uh, I'll try to find it and post it. And the number one coolest thing I thought this, saw this week was this kid named Yayo Sanchez, or as he's called, uh, Kiss Guy or Kiss Face Guy or something like that. Um, he was a fan that was brought up on stage during a Foo Fighters concert to play along with the band. And he got up there and he rocked it. He was—he surprised the hell out of Dave Grohl. It's a fun video, and Dave even says, "Look, those of you who are thinking that we—that we—we—we we, we put him in there that he's a plant or it's a setup. It's not. They didn't know that he was going to play that well. I mean, the kid rocked it. It was pretty cool. And I hope you've had at least three cool things happen for you uh, this past week. Good night, doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher." Well, the end of another show, which means I will say to you that you should be skeptical and extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence and that uh, you've been listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. And I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, reminding you all to sleep with the lights off. check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. 
And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. Bonjour, Monsieur Dim. You are too clever for us naughty people. Well, well I'm going to hell. hell.